Hey everybody, Chris Lindsay here, and you're listening to Pitch List. We want to discover what makes creative people tick. Join us as we explore what it means to be a writer, and more importantly, what it means to be a person. Remember why you love music, and welcome to Pitch List. The first time I met today's guest, she was screaming her head off for Ben Burgess as he performed his song at the Ryman Theater for the NSAI Awards. It was so loud that I almost jumped out of my seat. I asked Amy, who the hell is that? And she said, Jesse Joe Dillon. And I have been a fan ever since. She has the kind of raw passion and unapologetic engagement in life that makes a great songwriter. Along the way, she has written songs for Luke Bryan, John Party, Brett Eldridge, Tim McGraw, Brandy Clark, and one of my personal favorites in a long time, Break Up in the End for Cole Swindell. She is an absolute pleasure to talk to, and I get the feeling that she will be running this town pretty soon. Here's Jesse Joe Dillon. Good afternoon. We've got uh, another great guest today on Pitch List. I am really excited about this one. Really excited. This is Thank you, Chris. Hey, I'm telling you, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks, and I've been excited to talk to you. This is Jesse Joe Dillon. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to talk to you. I like, I know Amy knows this because I'm such a fan of her, but I'm such a fan of you oh, thank and you. you guys together. So it was such, it's just feels really dope that you wanted to ask me to come on. I'm excited. Well, we've been following you for a while and, um, oh. and it's just so great to watch and really just to see you at the events and see, you know, and you know, I know, you know, it's a small town and what a great person totally. you are. And you know, I think Amy really feels a connection to you because you both had songwriting dads. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And, oh Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think she she feels that bond with you. Um, yes, so I there's like she, a kinship there. There is I a think. kinship there. I think that's a unique situation. Um, but we're here to talk about you, so I want to talk know. about you. I said, me and Amy and like Tr. There's a couple of us that you that's just feel right. like I see you. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you grow up in Nashville or outside of Nashville? I know it said I Tennessee. Grew, yes, I grew up outside of Nashville in Williamson County, but like. Much like it was for you guys, I'm sure like Brentwood, what Brentwood is now is not really what I grew up in. We had like nine acres and it was more like, it just wasn't so developed. Right. Um, and then, so yeah, born and raised in Nashville. And then I spent a ton of time with my dad in East Tennessee because he's from like an hour outside of Knoxville. So I spent a lot of summers with his family. Um, and I don't know, I feel like it was a great experience with those folks. I love it. It's like I'm part hillbilly because of it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now did you live in LA also? Did I, I lived that? in LA for a year after high school. And, um, I, I don't know if you felt like this, but like, I wanted to get away from my hometown and it's weird to be from a place that you kind of feel like if I'm going to do what I want to do, I'm going to end up back there so I felt like I grew up a lot living in LA and I was basically like trying to do anything but want to be a songwriter because I knew I wanted to be one. I don't know if Amy went through this too, but it's, I was so like nervous because of my, 
dad being almost like larger than life on music row. I just thought, come on, dude, can you want to do anything else? And so I spent time out there and then the town pulled me back, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. But, but everybody wants to have their own thing. You know, you want to have your own thing. Totally. And like, I think it's just weird being someone's kid because I, I've talked to Derek Wells a lot about this too, just having, you know, he's such a great guitar player, but having a stepdad that was a great guitar player and his real mm-hmm. dad, a great guitar player, he was like, I would like hide in my room to play guitar. And one of them would knock on the door and be like, what are you doing, bud? Nothing. Basically like right, throw right. the guitar away because you're just so like, I don't know. I've always super fucking sympathized too for I can't imagine what it would be like to be someone like John Lennon's son, like Sean Lennon or it's Agreed. a lot. <laughs> we were, yeah. Um, yeah, my teenage boys are huge Beatles and John Lennon fans. And we were talking about that the other night about how bad that has to be. I mean, just you to really never get out of the shadow, underneath the shadow of, of John and someone like John Lennon, you know. I know. And it's like you love them so much for, yeah. for that. And so it's this weird feeling where it can mm-hmm. almost make you feel shitty to even feel like weird towards your parent. Not necessarily weird. I don't even right. know what the word is, but you know what I mean. I do. And I think it's also different. Uh, it'd be a different thing having your dad be in the Beatles. I know. You know? Or if you had Bob Dylan. <laughs> or mean, Bob Dylan. That's Jacob another Dylan, one. Yep. I mean, he's done such dope music on his own. He has. But I imagine that it was, it. he would be saying the same stuff we're saying, I'm sure, you know. Absolutely. So let's get back to your story. So you went out to LA for a little while, mm-hmm. and uh, then you came, then you ended up coming back here. Yes. And you um, did you sign at Big Machine? Was that your first full on publishing no, deal? No. So I've had three deals. My first okay. deal was with a really small company, and um, it was called Anchor Down. I don't know if you remember. It. Yeah, yeah, I um, do. Yeah, I was like sure. Robin Palmer was there sure. plugging, who I feel like was so instrumental in introducing me to people like Shane McAnally and Brandy Clark, like the owner of our company was kind of confusing sometimes, but I felt very blessed that I got to know Robin and that she has such a gift for putting writers together. And so I really feel like there was the start of, I don't know, finding somewhat of my own little corner, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And you are now with Big Machine. Yes. Now I've had, I had a deal, another deal in between Anchor Down and Big Machine and Mike, even Molinar, who's head of Big Machine and Alex Heddle always liked my music and would hear my music. And even in my old deal, you know, when I, I was like coming up, they would always just say like, hey, if you ever, not in a weird way, but like, we'd love to work with you sometime. And it just so happened that it ended up working out now we're all together and it's awesome. Oh, that's great. I love them so much. Yeah. Now, um, I, li- I love to ask writers this. Um, um, yeah. Are you, do you write like daily or do you, do you do like, do you work five days a week at it or do, are you a three day a week person or? Normally I have been a five, four to five day a week during this year. Mm-hmm. I will say I have written more like three days and I honestly don't, I mean, don't know if I'll go back to the other way. Yeah. I I feel like it's important to fill the well back up, as like Hemingway would say, because I think, and you know, like you yes. know, it's such a town of a grind as much as it is just like natural talent where you can get real caught up in like FOMO of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, if I'm not writing five days a week or two times a day, like what is so-and-so doing? 
and not even just in a, in a jealous way, just more of like thinking like, am I working as hard as I should be? It's a demon. It, is, it really is. Um, and then jealousy is the thief of joy. That's another one of my favorite quotes. Oh, it truly, truly, truly is. You I, know, it's like being upset or thinking you're missing out or jealousy or all that stuff, which are natural human feelings. Right. But they impede your ability to, to write too, you know? I it, completely agree. And I, I think too, like, I mean, I feel like we've all seen that classic picture of the guy of Michael Phelps at the Olympics where that one guy was beating him and he mm -hmm. looked over to see where Michael Phelps was. And because of that move, he lost to him. Right. I think that right. picture is such an incredible picture and because it's the truth, you know? Yeah. Because I think each of our journeys is so different and it's really easy to look at like our co-writers or co-workers because it's a weird business in that way. Like we're friends with our competitors almost because do you know what I mean? Like you, oh, get, yeah. no, absolutely. you get all these like close relationships with people, but technically we're sort of competing for chart the cuts with them in this oh, strange yeah. way. So it's this weird finding this balance of like, Hey man, it's, it's okay to be happy for people and it's okay to not get every single freaking thing. Like, yeah, I, I, and I, I think we're, we all are like trying to figure that out as we go, I guess. But yeah, I think it's a balance. Um, I, for me personally, just have do, done it a long time. I give right. myself, I give myself a few minutes to be angry and me, mad. Yes. Or yes. a, a good 15 minutes to be pissed off at somebody that I'd love. And then I have to make myself remember that I love them and that I'm going totally. to be happy for them. And I've had plenty of times where I've had great things happen where they didn't. And Absolutely. And that's like, how I handle it. And you're, and it's so right on because it is true. I'm glad you said that because I do think it's important to give yourself a minute to be upset. Yeah. yeah. Because sometimes I've felt like business people will want us to, it's pick your head up. It's fine. It's fine. And it's yeah. like, man, some of this stuff stings though. Yes, like, it does. Awards, nominations, any of that shit. Like you'll just, it feels like you take an arrow on the battlefield and you just need a minute to pull yourself Absolutely. back up, you know? And you, and you know what else? I don't think someone would be that good if they weren't competitive a little bit. Right. And you know what I mean? I mean, it is, it is, you know, getting charting songs and getting number ones and top fives. It's a, it's a tough gig and people are competitive. They are. And I think for a lot of us as creators too, like we fall in love with so many of our songs that it hurts in this real visceral way. If they get like knocked off a record, you're like, ah, I love that song. I want it to be yeah. out there, you know? And so I don't know, man, it is, it's balanced. Like you said, truly. You know, especially if it's your friend, if it's your friend, then you're going to be like, hey, man, I, I'm going to go give them a hug. Good for them. I'll, you know, we'll, there's plenty know, to go deep around. Down, you are happy for them. Right. I think. Exactly it's right. It's this weird thing that gets in your head that's like more yep. about yourself yep. than it even is them. Like, am I working hard? The FOMO, really. It's, I've always thought of it this way. It's like the three-year-old in all of us. Yes. I have, <laughs> I have a bunch. When my kids were all little, I used to make a joke if, and, and they were all within two years of each other. When they were little, I, may, I used to make a joke. I could give one of them a cat turd, and the other three would be like, where's my cat turd? Exactly, dude. That is so what it is. And that's that what is it is. so what it is. It's a three-year-old in all of us who's like, where's my Tim McGraw cut? I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I completely agree yeah. with that. But you know, uh, Marv Green, I don't, I'm Love sure you him. know Marv. Yeah. Marv, 
had a way of looking at it too. I thought it was great. He he took it a step further and he said, "Well, if the guys across the hall got a Tim McGraw cut, that means I can too." Yep. That and means they're that, happening. They're happening totally, right here. That's like in my right today. Like obviously, we were talking about this kind of stuff too, and I I and. I was like, you know, our job is like a casino a lot, meaning almost like if you sit down at the table long enough and play your heart out, you're going to hit, I think, at some point. It's just then other things start to come into play of like your work ethic, your talent, et cetera. But it's that grind, you know? It's just so – it is what it is. Marv's so right. It's like the silver lining. If they can do that, I can too. Right. When it's striking around you, you're like, well, shit, it could, it could hit. But I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's close enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's, I, I've got some notes here, and i got to ask you a couple things. Okay. okay. Number one, break up in the end. Mm. Okay. I know you've heard this. I know you've heard it until you want to throw up. But i got to mm. tell you, that is an amazing song. One of my favorite songs in the last several years. Gosh, and thank I you so flipping much. love, and, I, and everybody does. I know the fans did, everybody did. But I just want to tell you, that is such a great song. Chris, that means so much to me. I mean, and you get this too. Like, it feels really good to have someone you respect say it about one you love too. You know, mm-hmm. like one yes. you're really proud of. Yes. It feels so cool to have your peers and fans simultaneously be like, man, that's great. You know, it just feels, yeah. feels good. It is such a great song. Um, it is such a great song and a great performance, everything. I was doing a little research on it, and I wanted to ask you a question. So in some article that I read, it said that you had read a book called John Dies at the End. Is that Yeah, correct? no, I had seen it in the library. I oh, okay. Like, Are you a big reader? Lot. Yes. That, that was my question. That's where yes. I wanted to go. <laughs> yes, I love it. I think that's important. I think, gosh, I mean – I don't mean to sound shitty, but I think if you ain't reading and you're trying to write, you need to start, you know, I mean, truly, if you, especially if you care about being a lyricist at all or lyrical, I mean, it's, their books are ginormously long songs with no music to me, you know, I mean, it's, there's so much, and I don't know about you, but I'm such a fan, not only of music and books and things, but of their creators. And when I start reading these authors like a Hemingway or speaking of you saying, how much do you write? I'll never forget being like 22 and reading that Ernest Hemingway wrote every day. And I don't know, in my head, I did not imagine that. In my mind, I was like, he just reads when, I mean, writes whenever the mood strikes him, you know, he's so magical. And it was like, no, it was a work for someone like that. And and those guys were always like, read, 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 read. If you're not reading, you're missing out. So I would suggest to anyone listening to this, if you're not reading, read. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I wanted to go with it because I, I know we do a podcast on songwriting. It doesn't come up as much as it should. Reading is critical for lyrics, right? It is yes. critical. It is critical. It's especially to get you out of your own world a little bit. Mm-hmm. too like because then it could evoke something in your own world that makes you think of a song you want to write or like yeah a, or a way you want to say something or subject matter i don't know it's just i think it's absolutely necessary yeah and it's uh, and um it's so true and i just wanted to put it out there in the world you know you should be reading and you know keep a notebook and you'll see things you know or oh. circle them in the book or write them down or however you do it but you can get great ideas and not just title ideas but just like 
anything, perspective ideas. I know, subject, like I mean, thoughts, anything, thoughts, even, yes. You know, it, uh, that yeah. like totally, I mean, because just, God, so many people have said things so beautifully. I was thinking it the other day when I was reading something of Stephen King, who I feel like notoriously gets known as this like horror writer, but man, the guy says He's so amazing. Many, poignant things about life, just even in passing small dialogue that you'll think, well, you have to almost like read it again because you're, it was so simple, but you're like, man, that is so true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It's just absolutely necessary. I love Stephen King and I Me think too. he's, I think he's, well, clearly he's probably the best selling author of our time, but there's some literary shitheads who maybe look down on him a little bit and i think i think they're wrong if they do because he's an unfucking believable writer and you know there's a book he has called on writing have you read yes that is the best book on like writing fiction but it applies to songwriting too i would totally because it's all the same to me like all the same it really is and and i know what you mean about him and the the critical snobby people because i feel like in on writing you could feel it which weirdly i would love to stephen king if you ever hear this podcast thank you for being vulnerable enough to talk about that because as a person to know a regular just low totem pole person to know that someone like stephen king still gets their feelings hurt like weirdly it brings like solace to me of like Mm -hmm. okay that's a guy who has written a billion things i'd love to have written right and he still can can get a chip on his shoulder or get his feelings hurt by people. And I think it's important to remember that that someone like that's human as genius as he is, you know? Yeah. And it's so weird, man. There's just this thing of certain type of people, the intelligentsia who just have decided maybe that it can't be good if it sells a lot. Uh, which is fucking crazy. The it Beatles, the crazy. Beatles are the best band I think ever. And they sold a lot. Right. No. I agree. I, I think that's total bullshit. I and do I, too. I hate that because I feel like it's another like divisive thing that happens yeah. in like the creative communities, whether it's fucking art, literally paintings, yeah. um, books or music. I feel like there's been this forever, like someone's critically acclaimed and someone's um, top 40. And I'm like, well, why? Right can't some of them merge some of the time you know i think that's ridiculous too i think it's bullshit i think just because something's popular doesn't necessarily mean it's not intelligent because that's almost like what they're saying it is what right they wouldn't like to hear that it said this way but that's truly what they're saying well and i think underneath it there's this even nastier little thought which is if too many people like this, I can't like it because I'm cooler than everybody it else. Totally. It remi- exactly. Gosh, that reminds me of too with country and like Americana. It's what will always like make me bummed out about because so much of it feels like from the same root, both of these mm-hmm. genres, you know, and I feel like it can always turn into this conversation of that, of like, well, this is the dumb stuff on the radio and then this is the smart stuff. And I'm like, that's not always the case either no. way. Do you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. You know? Yes, it's not always true. No. On either side of that, I'm just like, just because someone's indie doesn't mean that they're smarter than other people. And then just because someone's top 40 doesn't mean that they're dumber. I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting issue. But I think one good thing that's happening through the streaming revolution, I think that it's um, making things more democratic. I think that's 
what is so hard for me about it is like I was I was coming of age during like Napster times, mm -hmm. which we all know Napster is bad. It was like stealing music. Fuck you guy that invented that, <laughs> that mm -hmm. for not paying any of us. But I always listened to everything from like hip hop to country to classic rock to weird indie singer songwriters, you know, to the Backstreet Boys. And I think it's all really good and it all has, has its mood, you right. know? And I think you're right that because of sh streaming is now like our own little burned CDs we all used to do. And so I feel like it's opening, the technology is great in that way that it's opening the door for more people to discover music, whether it's on the radio, off the radio, whatever. And then it's almost becoming like, let the people decide what's good instead of um, whatever else, because, yeah. you know, I don't know if you can fake streaming numbers. Maybe you can as humans. I feel like we figure out how to do <laughs> manipulate everything, but <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you would, you would want to believe in general, those would be right, but I'm sure some. I know. Cause I would think that like, I, yeah. you know, it's like Morgan yeah. Wallen streams like crazy. Cause he's great. Right. You know, I think it's like, I think that it becomes this easy thing to see about people, I guess. And it's still interesting in country music. Um, I see streaming numbers from people who aren't that big on country radio. Yes. And what's that about? I know. And then, and that's get, like today, I, I, this is going to be so embarrassing. Nobody hate me that's listening to this, but I've heard about this guy for a really long time. And I don't know if you feel like this, but I can be horrible about listening to new music. That goes back to growing up as a songwriter's kid too real quick. My dad never wanted to listen to music in the car mm -hmm. ever nothing unless like it was like simple man by leonard skinner or james taylor song he was like, not interested <laughs> and i used to be like dad you're so boring and now even getting into my early 30s i'm like oh <laughs> i totally get it he was fried of on like music but tyler childers circling back mm -hmm. i've heard such great things that he's a genius and he's been someone i've wanted to like sit down with the with his records and really listen to them all because I've heard such great things. And then this morning I saw he did this video speaking kind of to his fans about his new record and the state of the world. And I just loved everything the guy said. And I was like, wow, I can't wait to listen to him because he's one that I think streams like crazy. That's why right. I brought him up. But I've never heard him on like, you know, top 40 country mm -hmm. or something, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he would, I loved everything that he was saying in his video so much that this weekend I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. Listen to a bunch of Tyler Childers records, you know? Yeah. And there's a bunch of them. Who's that yes. other guy? Um, uh, Sturgill Simp. What's his oh, name? Oh, I love Sturgill Simpson. I, yeah. I mean, he doesn't get much radio, does he? No, he doesn't. And I mean, he, and then it, it's weird. That's the part about the business sometimes that I wish would figure itself out mm -hmm. radio versus acclaim somehow because I remember the year he won country album of the year like I think two or three years ago and I kind of was sitting there then at that point being like why doesn't he get played on the radio at all like I don't know I miss the 90s man when it could just be more yeah. like different kinds of things I guess yeah yeah it's or is funny. that even true because I well, wasn't in it in the 90s so I, I you was, might be like no it's always been this way well no <laughs> I I came in in the late 90s so that's what I, I thought so I kind of had my first radio th thing in 99 the thing when I listen to radio now what surprises me is it sounds 
very country. I know what you mean. And I do feel like we're doing that thing that always happens where at least that's what my dad always says is he's like, this has always been this way where like we go so far in one direction and then it'll swing right back. And I feel like we're seeing that currently where we got a little bit more away from the country-ishness and now it's like popular again, I guess. It's, you know, it's 20 years later, but listening to the Luke Combs songs, and this is not a cut because I love this guy. It yeah. sounds like a Joe Diffie record. Totally. It yes. sounds like a Joe Diffie record. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's better. It's better recorded. It's got some cooler loops. But I mean, it's essentially very much oh, like yeah. a Joe Diffie I would, record. I don't know Luke super well, but I would think he would take that as a compliment because I think he gets a lot of, at least like things I've read that he's talked about his music, like you're saying, like Joe Diffie, Garth Brooks, like that yeah. era yeah. is his inspiration. So I'm yeah. with you. It does yeah. sound like that. But he, I tell you one thing, he's a hell of a singer, isn't he? He totally is. Holy shit. He, he is sing. a great singer. And my dad does this festival in, I feel like I've talked about him a lot on this. Usually I don't. It's funny. Um, but <laughs> he has this festival out in Colorado that it's kind of like a little writer's festival he does. And Luke came and did it um, this last year. And I just remember being so struck by him because he got up to sing another song, uh, to sing a song that he'd never sang. And he had to stop himself because he was like, guys, I'm sorry. He was getting super emotional. Wow. Um, genuinely. Like you could see like big crocodile tears forming because it was, it was basically a song saying like, I'm sorry for all the shit I've put y'all through, but like kind of thanks for being there for me. I mean, obviously it was said way better than that, but that was the gist. And I just thought like, man, this guy's awesome. Like he's the real deal. He really believes in what he's singing. And I I always think that's really cool to see, you know, on somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Don't go away. Pitch List will be right back after the break. Well, let's talk about, you've had so many good songs. I'm not going to go through each one, but I want to talk about your process. Like, do you go into a session like with titles or do you? Oh, yeah. When I don't, I feel like naked. It's my worst day already. Like if I don't have a title that I think that I feel pretty solid about, especially if it's with a big artist or like my my people like mm-hmm. Chase and John or something that I write with all the time that I always want to try to bring my best stuff. I, I, I always start with titles or even like you said, like thoughts, like, like from a book, like guys, I was reading this thing last night and it said, blah, blah, blah. And I know that's like an older language, but like, what if that feeling we could put into this song? Do you know what I mean? Sure. So that's definitely my biggest thing. I feel like I always have to have a title and I get scared Chase McGill and I write a lot together and we some a couple times a year we'll be we'll because we're a very similar writer and <clears throat> we'll be like, all right, we're writing a song from the top down today with no title and we're just gonna see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> just to like see what we come up with. And some of them have been cool. I mean, none of them have been cut. They're always usually more like singer-songwriter, I guess, but right. um, it's fun exercise, I guess. It is a good exercise, but but usually you're working off the title. You want to go in with a solid concept when you're going. I do. I think the people too that I usually end up working the best with, or I end up being able to help them say what they want to say in the best way or sing, 
I have that I have a good concept or somebody else did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like where it feels pretty flushed out. Cause I don't know if you feel like this, but I think of songs like they're almost like I need to see a blueprint. It's almost like a house to me. If I don't know how I'm going to get to the second floor, I can start to kind of like panic, you know, cause sometimes you'll have those ideas, you know, are great, but they're not fully figured out yet. Yep. And I've made mistakes bringing those into rights before. And then the idea totally gets away from itself. And it's one that I've thought like, man, I wish I had spent more time with that because I think we could have nailed it more, you know, but. But, it is it but, is. but you, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes right. that idea, you hit the right co-writer with that and they go, bam. And they totally. take it exactly. So that is so true. See, you don't, you don't, you, you don't really ever know. I know you I'm, don't. Yeah, but like if you're like, okay, I can see how we would get we how this would feel by course three if right. we took this little path. And I do think you're so right because there we all know those rights too, where sometimes it's been you. Um, uh, when someone will be like, I have this title, I don't know what it means. And for some reason, your brain's like, oh, I totally know what that means. Mm-hmm. Or they do that for you. Like similarly where you're like, I have this title. I don't know what to do with it. And your co-writer's like, come on, dude, you do blah, blah, blah. And then there you go. Right. And that's the beauty of co-writing is that especially in good writing relationships where there's love and trust, yes. you know, then they can be like, no, that's no, don't do that. Totally. Or, yeah. You know, I know it's always, it's really good. to. Which have are partners. the most beautiful ones when you find that with people that you could yeah. say or play or sing the weirdest thing and they would kind of be like, what are you doing? But they would let you do it and right. it would help them get somewhere else too. You know, even sure. if it's not the line, it might think some, make somebody else think something that is the line, you know? Mm-hmm. It's funny how it works and it's always evolving too. It now, is. It's a little mystery. Song. It is a little mystery. It really is. I guess that's the beauty and that's what keeps us coming back. Do you have a group of like core group of writers you work with a lot? I do, and I've, I feel like weirdly, too, it's getting that way with artists even. Like, they're mm-hmm. a, especially new ones, and I know you and Amy, same deal. It's like you start working with a new artist, and you feel like, wow, like, we really live in the same world. Like, today I was writing with this guy, Connor Smith, who's new on Big Machine, and gosh, I don't even think Connor's uh, 21. Uh-huh. And I remember I was in a really – I've told him this story, but I was in a really bad mood. My, the first day I was going to write with him and I called my publisher and I was like, what am I going to have to talk with a 20 year old about? I don't even know. I don't want to do this today. And then I get there and he's this little like breath of fresh air to me. Like just had, he, this is terrible, but you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. We're like vampires. He was like, I just had my heart broken. <laughs> I want to write this song. And he had this cool ass perspective and like, it was like the song was just flowing out of him and it was so inspiring to me. You know what I mean? Those days you don't want to go in or, or somebody new, like you were saying, like we get used to our core group and then somebody new's on the scene and some days you're like, Ugh, I don't feel like uh, speed dating today. But then yeah. you get there and they're awesome, you know? Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a big part of it is showing up, man, because you never know. You never know, know that day. You never know the day that song's going to fall out of the sky. And if you're not there, you don't get it. I know. It's you know? so, and I feel like any, from all genres, when I watch like all the writers that we're all in awe of, like Keith Richards to Bruce Springsteen, 
you know, to Paul McCartney, I feel like they all say the same thing too. They're like, you're just hope you're around when the muse shows up, you know, yeah. like, and you keep your antenna up, but that's right. Yeah. You just got to show up and, and create, I guess. Yeah. Psychic vampire. That's good. Is that what you said? Oh, I said, we're like vampires. Oh. I feel like anytime a co-writer yeah. is going through a hard, particularly hard times, yeah. you're like, God, I can't wait to write about this. Yeah. Like if someone's going through a breakup or something, that's terrible. But we as writers, I feel like love that shit. Of course we do. Cause we know it's, there's gold in those hills. I know. <laughs> there's gold in the mine. Get in there now. <laughs> I remember, I'm trying to think of who it was, but it was an artist. And I think Marv Green and I were going to write with a guy and the publisher called up and said, oh, he, he may not be coming. This is years ago. He's probably not coming because he's, uh, his wife's just hit him, is asking for a divorce. He's devastated. Oh, uh, and we're like, uh, send him over. Yeah, uh, please. He's, he's a total wreck. He's, he can't even drive. We're like, well, we'll go get him. Well, that's exactly it. I love that story. Because you're like, this guy's just going to bleed out on oh, the page. Oh, totally. You're like, we'll have a song in an hour. Yeah. It's like, this yeah. guy's, it's, it's like, real. It's, it's happening. It's all. Totally. We just need to get a tape recorder in the room. I know. It's so true. It's true. So true. Very it's true. It's true. Yeah. Yes. I guess I'm a horrible person for thinking that way, but I know I think we all do it almost subconsciously. Yeah. It's because you, yeah. you can watch your co-writers in the room. Like if somebody yeah. randomly is like, "Yeah, me and her aren't doing too well." Your other co-writer, you'd if it's three of you, you'd watch mm -hmm. them just be like, "Huh? Tell us more about that." You know yeah. what I mean? It's so funny. Tell us about your pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Lord knows I've been that person shit. too that everybody. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, you know, I had a terrible, on the other side of it where you're yeah. the sad one. And you're like, I hate all of you for this, but yeah, I had a, about it. I had a period of probably eight to 12 months where I was going through a divorce. My life was just upside down. I would Gosh. go down to the DreamWorks basement and just cry and write all night long. Uh, and I, I, I'm telling you, I, but I, I love wrote, that at the same time. But, but that's people. what I'm going to say. Yeah. I wrote like five or six songs that were hits. That's like incredible. That right there. And it was because I was completely, just completely ripped off the earth and just floating. You know? I know. God, I love the way you just said that. That's so true too. Ripped off the earth and just floating. That needs to be in a song. It's a, you know, it's a high price to pay. And I don't think you'd want to be there for it, but it definitely, those times in your life, they do, you know, it, it, it makes things happen artistically. For sure. It really does. I think like, and I think if that's, something too that comes natural to you it's it's hard when yeah. there's good times i mean i remember re reading an article that sam hunt did not that long ago and he talked about montevallo that first record of his and he was like i was devastated because at the time she's now his wife but i had right. lost her and so i was writing all these songs for her and and he was like, and now I don't really know what to talk about <laughs> because yeah. I'm not sad. And I definitely have, I don't know if you felt like this, but I definitely am more of a, I have an Eeyore kind of ten, natural tendency. So when I'm sad, songs seem to flow sometimes much easier than when I'm happy. And then it is like, that's where reading and all these other things can come in to like inspire you. I think we, I, I've talked to, on another, to another guest about it recently. I think we all have a, we want to write more when we're sad, you know? Oh, yeah. And Sam Hunt, I think that is a Montevello. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Just one man's opinion. I think it's a watershed country moment. Oh, me record. too. 
I think it'll always be played and remembered too. I think it's, it's, you know, and you've seen them too. I feel like sometimes you can feel the records that you're like, even as an outsider that doesn't have cuts on it, just as a fan and Mm -hmm. being in the business, you're like, now that record's going to be around for a long time. I feel that way about like, um, it's fun to say this too, because my boyfriend wrote it. His name is Ben Burgess, but I feel that way about Morgan Wallen and Whiskey Glasses. Like, I think yeah. that'll always be a huge song for Morgan, like in his career, meaning like it, you know, because when he's touring, when he's a lot older, I think people will still know and sing that song. And not every release is like that. You know, I've had a lot of songs come out <clears throat> that I've thought, People like this right now. I wonder if they'll like it five years from now. And then you have some songs come out that you're like, or you're like you and you have a maze come out and it's BMI song of the year two years in a row, right? I mean, just that's a song that will be around forever. You know, that's such, that's another great example of one. Like, you know, it's just, it's interesting the ones that you can feel like records or songs like, man, that one's going to stand the yeah. test of time. You and know? And it's interesting, the and and uh, breakup in the end is one of those songs. Gosh, thank will, you for saying. It's, that. No, it, I'm telling you, it's a great song. It will get, uh, it'll get. Uh, has it had a pop recut yet? It hasn't. Gosh, and that's what's funny with that song. Speaking of that, because uh, when we wrote that song, that song was so funny because I we finished that song that day, and I thought. God, I don't know if I've ever been more proud of a song and I bet no one is going to care. Wow. Like, I just was like, didn't know if my publishers and no, no fault of theirs. It's just, and you know, it's like you get beat over the head with up tempo, up tempo, up tempo. We need yep. tempo that you can sometimes, but anyway, like, uh, Dan and Shay almost, they really wanted that song. Really? And, yes. And Dan Smyers to this day will still be like, it still bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> that we never got to 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 do that one. Um, but Cole is an old friend and he had like heard it first. And I just love everything he did with it. I feel like it's yeah. one of I love his vocal performance. But you saying pop, I'm like, I wonder what it would be like if somebody like that was to just, you know, it's interesting. Oh, I think it will. I think it'll get a big recut. <gasps> oh Don't my you? gosh, that we'll knocking wood for you. I think you will. Me too. Thanks, Chris. I think you will. Now, your boyfriend, I didn't know this, is uh, Ben Burgess. Is that right? Yes. He's who came in my house a minute ago when I was leaving. I'm trying to get this straight because I think we heard you yelling for him because you were right behind us at the ass. We were. It was was at the NSAI. We were at the Ryman. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And Mm y'all were right behind us and you were yelling. Yes. Yes. And we were trying to figure out. I remember that. Yeah. And I was thinking. Well, maybe that's they write together or something, but that's your boyfriend. Okay. Yes, Sorry, it is. I didn't know that. And him and Kevin Kadish had performed uh, whiskey where we're doing whiskey glasses. He's whiskey your glasses. boyfriend. It's awesome. Isn't he awesome? Yes, he is. What are his whole deal? The songs are great. His performance was great. He's yeah. Awesome. He's like one of those people that I don't know. It's you don't meet another Ben Burgess. I feel like there's only one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like the whole thing. His, uh, his wardrobe got a little bit of. Does He's he still have? There he is. Hey Please man, go on. Yeah. <laughs> more. Ah, okay. More. It's music to my ears. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were awesome. Uh, and it was. It was NSAI at at uh, at the Ryman. Yes, sir. Good to see you. Yeah. Again. Good to see you, man. That's okay. a talent talent family there. Look at y'all. I know. We, someone was. We were talking about that today. Like, gosh, this is a great question. I want to ask you almost. How do you do that? 
you and Amy haven't been together so long. Mm -hmm. Someone was asking me earlier, like, does that ever get weird? Do you feel like in your relationship? And Hillary, Lindsay, and Carrie Barlow, and I have talked about it before, and Jesse, Alexander, and JR. Yep. And it's definitely, what do you think about that? I have think, you guys had um, weird times? You know, only in my mind. <laughs> I love that answer. You're like me. <laughs> you only, only in my it. mind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, I have definitely been Mr. Mayo. That's a joke around here. Oh. My kids will say, Mr. Mayo. That is funny. Um, the thing is, yeah, it comes up. You know it comes up. You oh, get, yeah, I've that's what jealous. I mean. I'll tell you, give it a great example, and I think you, I'm not sure if you did or not, but uh, Amy got a last-minute cut on the new McGraw record. Yes, I got, which I was yeah, so Which comforted. you did too, right? Don't yes, you have something which on was, there? Which, it was another one like hers. On Thank you. I, he's a, I mean, anybody would say this, but a total dream yeah. cut for me. Um, but, yeah, that's like you were saying about the McGraw, though, because yeah. we've had that where, like, yeah. We had it with a Jake Owen record. Like, I thought I was going to get a song on there, and then Ben's got recorded the last minute, and I was like, this is hilarious. I wonder if your song knocked mine out. Right. But weirdly, now, if if it was infringing on real specific territory or something, I think I might feel weirder. But, like, I have yet to have a moment with him where I've thought I've gotten, like, straight up, like, jealous or mad because mm -hmm. I always, I don't know if you end up telling this yourself this in your head too, but I'm like, hey, same house, like it's all going to the same place. That's right. That's and exactly Carrie Ball right. has talked to me with Hillary in that way because mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's just like Carrie has hits and then Hillary wins summer of the year and then it's these things, you know, it's like you're just kind of, and then Chris and Morgan Stapleton even because, mm -hmm. you know, everybody forgets Morgan had a record yeah, deal. and sure did. And I know we always just hear her harmonies a lot now at this point, but it is an amazing just singer on her own, but they've like figured out what works for them. So it's kind of inspiring. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I'll tell you a funny one we came up with. There's this old, um, there's an old saying called uh, patriotism, patriotism begins at home. You remember that? It's like from World War II. It's a saying. Yeah. Patriotism begins at I home. I do remember that. Okay, so Fitzgerald, Zelda. Zelda Fitzgerald, yeah. Scott Fitzgerald, Scott Fitzgerald was married to Zelda, who was a little bit nutty. And oh, yeah. uh, she had a famous quote. You'll love this. Her quote was, plagiarism begins at home. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. That's that what is, she said about Scott, is that uh, plagiarism yeah. begins. So, because she was accusing that he was taking her ideas and putting I them in I know. I have read a lot about them. I, I, the Great Gatsby is actually one of my favorite books of all time, yeah, and yeah. and I became kind of fascinated by her mm -hmm. as well, and and how she always. And then you know what's funny is as in as much esteem as I hold him, there are some, even in Gatsby alone. Sorry, Scott, but I do kind of wonder if she said some of that stuff because there's that line in Gatsby that I'm just like, there's no way a woman didn't say this and maybe he just overheard it which right. or whatever. But that part where he says she's the main character, Daisy's about to have a baby girl. And she's like, I hope she'll be a fool. Cause that's the best thing a woman in this world can be. Yeah. And I just thought that that was, I'm like, God, you have to be a woman to know how many things that means. It means so many things, you know, like, and I, 
I, I always wonder that plagiarism begins at home. That's funny. Yeah. It's like, I wish we could know, but I guess we'll never know. I've had a songs. We were talking the other night. Um, the song I wrote with, uh, with, uh, civil wars called poison and wine. The best three, three or four of those lines in there that I did in the verses. I took straight from a fight that Amy said, right, I mean, right out of her mouth. Totally. And then you're like, and then that's funny. Yeah. As a writer, because you're like, where's the line there? Almost I know. Too, in meaning that it's our job as writers to have our antenna up. And you yeah. did, even in your right. fight. Yeah, and she so, yeah, she screamed at me, You think your dreams are the same as mine. She screamed that at me. Wow, and yeah. Like an hour before the session. Dang. Yeah. That's like so the beauty of it is it's like <sighs> I love that story. I love to know that, that that's how, where that came from. Yeah. We just had this barn burner fight. I'm sure y'all don't fight, but we do. Oh, never. <laughs> I'm completely sane and not irrational at all. Never drink too much. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> Dude, and speaking of that, this will make you laugh because I know you love the song too, but Tom Roland, the, who I love, the journalist, sure. when he interviewed me about Breakup in the End, <laughs> this will make you and Amy laugh. He said... You know what I noticed about this song? I had none of us as writers had noticed it about it. He was like, I love that it begins and ends with alcohol. And I was like, doesn't it always talk? <laughs> but I was like, I didn't notice that we'd done that. I think subconsciously yeah. all three of us things have began and ended that way. <laughs> so we yeah. must have just gone there. But man, alcohol, hell of a drug. I oh guess. my God. We had them over and over. We would get in these giant fights. I, we'd wake up in the morning and I had booked, uh, Amer this is pre-internet booking on airplanes. Okay, oh, since yeah. 2002. I'd wake up hungover at noon and had made an, a, a, uh, an airplane reservation to Montana. Oh, yeah. And have that all written down, which now I have to try to cancel. <laughs> yeah. This is so amazing. Yeah. That was all a right. joke. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm booking a flight. I'm out. I know that's so, now it's that's tight though. That's almost like a diffuser when you guys yeah. fight, probably. Yeah. I'm booking a flight. But I mean, you know, I'm, creative people, creative people are pretty fiery anyway. Oh right? yeah. And sometimes I wonder like, do we subconsciously sometimes like start shit like just to like feel something that I don't know will make us go right the next I can't make you love me. I don't know. And none of that uh, being aware of it at the, in the moment, but there have been times like speaking of these fights, like Ben and I, I'll look back on a fight and be like, why did I, why did that even start? And I'm no. like, did you just want to feel passionate and fiery and like <laughs> you're F Scott and Zelda, you know, yeah. what I mean? like what were you doing? It's funny. Well, before I let you go, I want to ask one other thing. Okay. I've ne I have never asked about this, but I am curious. Ooh. Do you, um, do you make your own records? Is that something that's in your future? You know, you I, as an artist? I have never really had that bug. It's funny, though. My friend Aaron Essai, who's a producer. Whenever, I know Aaron. Okay, I was like, whenever we're drinking together, he'll be like, wait, can we just do it? <laughs> like, you know, mm -hmm. like, even just an EP, because I, I have horrible stage fright. I've, I'm not a great singer in my mind. And so I always have just been kind of like, I just want to be a writer. But then there are these moments that I think we all have as writers and have spurned a ton of big careers right now, like old dominion Hardy sure. is yeah. you write these songs that no one's recording 
that you love mm-hmm. and you're like, well, shit, man, I want some people to hear this stuff. So I think about it sometimes. Um, I don't know though. It, I would be, it, it, the, even just the thought of it gives me a shit ton of respect for artists because I just can't imagine that feeling really of putting something out into the world that like, I don't know we do that with songs, but like, it just feels that, that where it's yeah. just, you're the face of it. And it's yeah, like- it's more people, anonymous. It's yeah, more anonymous totally, for songs. Which I like. And so yeah. I just can't imagine, anonymous is the exact word. Yeah. I just can't imagine like reading somebody being like, I hate this song and that bitch is ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Avenue Beat when they, yeah. when they po- were talking about their F2020 song and they were like, well, yeah, I mean, we just had all these people commenting on our page, like making fun of our appearance. And I'm just like, man, I am too much of a baby for that. That'd be rough. Yeah, it's definitely, it, and it seems tough. I mean, the travel, uh, the whole radio tour thing oh, seems yeah. difficult. At the same time, things are changing so much. You should definitely do some versions of your stuff and just put them out, you know? Them, I know. I just guess let, I be, let your fans, you know, there's people who love what you do. Right. Not, you know, maybe just let Aaron get you some cool recordings of your stuff. And then, you know, right. But. Cause it's like Luke Laird, like the other day, I thought that's so cool that he's just putting out songs right now that he's just always kind of loved. Yeah. And, and genuinely, obviously not just being like, I just wanted to do this there. I'm not trying to like get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty awesome. So I definitely think about it. It'd be, it would be cool to do. We're waiting for that. That's okay, cool. Awesome. I was like, maybe we, I don't think do I've some, ever, we should yes. do some stuff for it, Chris. Well, we will do some stuff for yes, it. Yes, let's do it. Well, this has been awesome, man. I really thank you for, for doing this for thank us. Thank you having, for doing it, inviting me on. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I've really done a few podcasts in, in, in this show I've been doing. I don't remember one that felt more like just a conversation Awesome. A long time. I mean, you know, That's I kind cool. of forgot. That makes I, me happy then. I forgot I was doing a podcast. I, I kind ho- of did too. Thank well, you so much for having hey, me. Hey, thank you for being on the show for us. And I just, uh, for everyone listening, uh, check her out. She's a major talent. You know, and you're, you've got such killer things going on. Everybody, oh, you're, you. you're, a, you're a well-known brand at this point. Uh, um, but you are kicking ass and uh, just love you. And thank you for being on the show. Love today. you too. Thank you for okay. having me. All right. All See right. you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pitch List. To hear songs written and or recorded by today's guest, check out this week's playlist by finding us on Spotify at Pitch List Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. And if you want, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review. For more exclusive content from this week's guest and more, you can visit our website at pitchlistpodcast.com or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.